Hey, welcome back to Safe Talk with Safe Start. I'm Tim Page Bodorf, and obviously with the warmer weather, we've got motorcycle riders out there on the road again. And so now there's a lot that we as vehicle drivers can do to keep our two-wheel brethren safe. And now, for example, just using our Safe Start skills on the road, that's what I'd like to focus on today. And that's just one of those big examples where we can assist our other motorcycle operators on the road. And motorcycle operators themselves can use these skills as well. But the reality is, is that a crash as a motorcyclist is almost 30 times more likely to be fatal than just being in a car. And that's all according to the Insurance Information Institute. And by the way, you'll find that the Institute's stat sheet is going to be in the show notes for you as a reference. So I'm no expert on this subject. As a matter of fact, I try to stay far, far away from motorcycles. So I've reached out to my good friend, who actually is a great motorcycle operator, Michael Blanford, who is a fellow Safe Start consultant, also a retired Maryland State Trooper. He is our resident biker expert. Mike, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Tim. You know this is a subject I'm pretty passionate about. Yeah, you bet. And I'll tell you what, I, I know that, you know, being a trooper, you've got some great experience and you've got obviously on the enforcement side, but also even better now that you're in Safe Start, you're on the friend side. So it's not like people are approaching you with saying, oh, here comes a cop. It's more like, oh, here comes a friend. And I knew that when we came up with this idea, I wanted you as a guest for that reason. So, Michael, let's just kind of start with the easy stuff. Let's talk about the gear that you need for a motorcycle operator. All right. That's a great place to start. Your listeners may not know this, but I live in sunny Florida. So here, of course, it's biking season all year round. But it really picks up in the summertime. So this is the season for it right now. A tip for everyone. If you see a rider with shorts, T-shirt and flip flops, (laughs) give them plenty of room because they clearly don't know what they're doing. (laughs) Let's start with a good helmet, though. Uh, I know all states don't require them, and I'm calling a few of them out. Illinois, Iowa, New Hampshire, each Canadian province has its own motorcycle safety laws. Much like the states in the U.S., if you've seen what I've seen as a state trooper, you would not even question putting on a helmet. Also, in my case... I love to ride with my lady. And if you do too, you don't want to skimp on your partner's helmet. I'll tell you what, let me jump in here, Mike, real quick. Helmets in the States should also meet the Snell Foundation standards or for the, for the most part, the Department of Transportation's. Now, although Snell is preferred, now within the DOT standard, as it was written in 1972, and nothing's much changed. Whereas the Snell standard, it actually gets updated every five years. And, of course, our friends in Canada, the Canadian Standards Association, SD230, for safety helmets, they also, they have this monogram that's required on helmets through the Canadian Standards Association and testing laboratories. But regardless of the standard, I believe you all should have a closed helmet with a reflected face, and that's a shield, to cut down on the glare on most sunny days. Would you agree? (laughs) Yeah, I do. Someone right now is asking, who the heck is Snell? (laughs) William P. Snell was a popular amateur sports car race driver in the 50s. In 1956, 
during a Sports Car Club of America racing event, he died of a massive head injury when the auto racing helmet he was wearing failed to protect his head. Hey, thanks for that history lesson. I really do appreciate it. I do have no idea how many lives the foundation has saved due to their work, but let's move beyond helmets, agreeing that this is probably the most important part or at least the best PPE to be worn. But not it's not the only gear that you're going to need. Um, it's, just, it's just the most important. What do you think? Yeah, I have to agree with you. And contrary to popular belief, looking cool is not the top priority when getting on your motorcycle. Protection with leathers or reinforced jackets, pants and boots that completely cover your ankles and skin is really important. I've heard and seen way too many horror stories where proper footwear or footgear was not used. Use your imagination on this one. It's pretty gruesome, Tim. And when we talk about glasses and, and or goggles, they're a must. If you have an open face helmet, And to protect your hands, you always have to wear some sort of gloves or protection. In warm weather, there are special design gear that is intended for ventilation and, of course, cooling. (laughs) I hate to see what would happen in cold weather, but you probably know some people that would actually operate their motorcycle in cold weather as well. But we'll just stick with the warm weather for now. Thank you for that, Michael. Now, are there motorcycle training courses that are out there, Mike? Of course, they're, they're... That varies from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, and some states actually do require that and some don't. Either way, it's a good idea. The Motorcycle Safety Foundation is a great place to start to find a training class near you. You'll find courses on beginners and experts who are interested in improving their skills. The fact is, when I first moved to to the state of Florida, and I've been riding dirt bikes and motorcycles since I've been a kid, I actually took a refresher course just to kind of bone up a little bit uh, on my skills before I got back out there uh, and riding more often and more months throughout throughout the year. Yeah, that's good to hear, Mike. And I'll be sure to put a show link in the website for you. And of course, it'll be in the show notes for this particular podcast. And I also want to say and reach out to all the branch of services out there. I know that every branch of service has courses as well. And all of you, thank you for your service. Uh, Michael, I failed to mention in the very beginning, but thank you for your public service. But in preparation for this podcast, I actually kept coming across proper matching for you and your motorcycle. I mean, can you fill in what that means, Mike? Yeah, sure. Uh, Make sure that your motorcycle is not more than you can handle. Your bike should fit you. That means your feet should be able to rest flat on the ground when seating. (laughs) No tippy toes. And if the bike feels too heavy for you, it probably is. You want to be able to easily get on and off your motorcycle. And the handlebars and controls should be easily accessible to you and easy to reach. Yeah, thanks for that, Mike. I have to say that for somebody of my size, 235 pounds, I'm thinking that I probably don't want to get on a little baby motorcycle. But maybe then again, I don't want to get on a (laughs) 10-cylinder. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Like a V-rod, that's probably way too much for me. But um, as I joke, what are your feelings about riding in large groups, Mike? Now, this is not a very popular question here, but uh, my feelings is don't do it. Uh, <laughs> but if you do, don't push yourself just to keep up with the pack. Always ride to your com- comfort level, not theirs. I don't recommend riding in groups. More people just increase the risk of mistakes and accidents when those things happen. 
if you are actually going to ride in a group, you want to place the more experienced riders in the back. Group rides sometimes and tragically with less experienced riders trying to keep up with the skilled riders. Yeah, that makes sense because they want to feel like they fit in. It's almost to the same level of actually looking cool because that's what you know a lot of people like to do. But in that sense, I have to say I kind of would like to imagine like a pilot. It's kind of a good idea to give your bike basically a good all over an inspection. So whenever, in other words, you're basically taking this time to you know look at all the things on your motorcycle before each ride. So. Can you kind of give us an idea of what an all-over inspection would look like? Oh, 100%. This is something that I've actually put in the habits years ago. Things you should check out every time you get on your motorcycle uh, include, first and foremost, tire pressure. Of course, you want to be diligent about uh, your mirrors and have them in place where they need to be and making sure all your lights and things of that sort work. But tire pressure is always uh, at the top of my list. Uh, taking a quick walk around your bike, of course, will give you an idea if there are any loose bolts, uh, leaks, or other potential mechanical hazards. You also need to be diligent about regular care and maintenance for your motorcycle. Don't delay fixing something that needs attention. Conduct all recommended regular maintenance, including oil changes and chains and suspension adjustments, and stay on top of your brake pads and their wear. And, and, and I want to just add one more thing here too, Tim. Uh, because we did speak a little bit about uh, matching you up with your motorcycle. One thing about most motorcycles, you can actually adjust the suspension so that it it fits you. And it only takes a, a slight turn of a wrench to adjust those handlebars to get them in, in, a, in a position where that motorcycle actually fits you. So it, it, I just wanted to add that little piece because I know we spoke about that a little bit early on. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, Mike. And you did mention about mirrors. And I have to say, while mirrors are there for a reason, you're not going to be able to solely rely on them to remain aware of what's basically in your immediate uh, writing space. So to keep cognizant of your surroundings and in your position relationship to those around you, you got to use your head. Ain't that right? Oh, of course. Yeah. Actually, this is where your safe start skill really shines, just as you should when driving your car or your truck, the same principles apply when operating your motorcycle. Experienced riders know that is that it is important to keep your head and eyes up while rounding corners and that the safest way to change lanes is to actually turn and look over your shoulder to make sure you are in the clear. I refer to this honestly, Tim, as a quick as a quick peek. You will also be able to get a feeling for whether the other drivers are paying attention to you also. As a motorcyclist, you need to pay attention to the road at all times. Err on the side of caution when going into curves. Be vigilant for potential gravel or other unstable road conditions. Be careful when crossing railroad tracks because the paint, as you know, can be very slippery uh, especially in, in poor conditions. And the same thing applies for the white lines and stop signs too. Yeah, that's a great idea. And I love the fact that you kind of hinted at looking at other people for the risk patterns that could contribute to an injury. And and if you're a motorcyclist, you have this opportunity to avoid somebody else's mistakes. If you're, you know, it's hard to pay attention to the road, but at the same time, you want to make sure that those people are fully aware that you're around them. Um, and so you met, you mentioned something earlier back in inspections about uh, brakes and mirrors. So talk to me a little bit about braking. 
Okay, sure. Uh, first of all, just because you're on a motorcycle doesn't make it any easier for you to see other motorcyclists. Always double check when changing lanes or, of course, turning. You also need to practice braking in all sorts of conditions. And I recommend practicing in, a, in an empty parking lot if you can. And to make sure, to make sure that you are able to, to stop quick and it won't result in a tragedy, always give extra space to vehicles in front of you and know how to stop on a dime without locking up your brakes. As a matter of fact, you might want to consider upgrading to anti-lock brakes. According to the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety Research, having ABS brakes on your bike can reduce the chances of being in a fatal accident by 37%. Man, I, I would take that risk management. That, that to me seems like a big chunk. Um, but at the same time, I bet you everybody on this podcast, whether they've been on a motorcycle or not, can actually relate to pulling that left hand brake on your bicycle and it stops that front wheel and you go kind of go head over heels over the handlebar. Well, the same could be applied to a motorcycle, but unfortunately you're dealing with now lots of lots of hazardous energy. So anyway, thank you for that. That was a great analogy. And 37%, I think I'd want to take, yeah. I want to take that management. All right. So on the things you can't control, um, one of those being mother nature. What do you think about that one? <laughs> Poor weather conditions, man, can have a huge effect on wet or icy road conditions. Not only do you have half the st stability of a car, but in some cases, the lack of a windshield and your body exposure to driving in rain can add to the risk. A lack of visibility is a rider's worst nightmare. And until you've been caught on your bike in the rain, you will never understand how much being pelted by raindrops at 30 or 50 miles per hour can actually hurt. When I get caught in the rain, I have a few things that automatically pop in my head. The first thing that I'm looking for is an overpass. Uh, of course, I live in Florida and there's almost a Starbucks on every corner. So otherwise, I'll pull into a Starbucks and wait it out, man, with a good <laughs> cup of coffee. <laughs> you know what? I, I give you major, major tributes. You are our Starbucks fiend. Um, so today when I hit uh, when I was thinking about hitting the record button, I wanted to make sure that I had my local Starbucks cup. Um, as I sit, <laughs> sit here. This is out of tribute to you, buddy. Anyway, again, before we actually hit the record button, you were actually telling me about sharing the love. And I really never thought of about about that way. You want to expand on that? Sure. There's no denying that motorcycles are often overlooked or regarded as second class citizens on the road. When you're on the road, always drive as if you're an ambassador for motorcyclists everywhere. Ride with courtesy, care and awareness that you are representing motorcyclists for those around you. Don't allow an urge to prove a point or retaliate an against an inconsiderate driver, overwhelm your better judgment. After all, that takes away from the joy, which is really why we're riding in the first place. And when all is said and done, it boils down to a few things, right? Wear your gear, know your bike, and know your ability. You can't control your environment, but you can control how you react to it. I wish we could control how it rains outside. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for that, Michael. That was a great message. Any final thoughts you actually want to leave us with? I guess one of the biggest dangers to a rider is getting your bike in the getting on your bike in the wrong state of mind. And of course, this again is where your safe start training will really, really pay off. 
Riding angry, drowsy, or distracted can be a recipe for disaster. Remember, when you're on the road, you are ultimately the only person looking out for you. If your mind and emotions are anywhere other than the road ahead, you are more than likely to make a rookie mistake that can end in a crash, injuries, or even worse. Remember, to self-trigger on rushing, frustration, and of course, fatigue, and for complacency, work on those safety-related habits. Man, spoken like a true Safe Start professional. That is, seriously, those are great words to remember. And Mike, thank you so much for lending some of your time and expertise with this. I really do appreciate it. Hey, man, it's my pleasure. It's always nice to catch up with you, my friend. Much appreciated. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I feel the same way. Now, we got to have you back pretty soon, so I want you to think about that. And we've got other topics that are coming up. And uh, if there's anything you want to throw your hat into, that would be great. We'd love to have you back. My thanks also to all of you out there, our listeners. A couple of reminders before I let you out of here. Be sure to share this episode with either a motorcycle friend or a rider. And don't forget to check the show notes out for the fact sheets that we talked about earlier that will link for you. And on behalf of the team, I'm Tim Page Botter for Safe Talk with Safe Start, reminding all of us that when you do encounter a motorcyclist, please give them plenty of room. I'll see you down the road.